Welcome to Social Sips and Business Tips, where we're brewing a fresh pot of greatness. Sipping on mentality, life, leadership, and business success. Let's pour us a cup and jump right in. Welcome to Social Sips and Business Tips. We appreciate you being on. Um, We always kick this off for the first 10 to 15 minutes of letting you introduce yourself and tell us your story, where you've been, how you got to where you are, where you're planning to go. We're excited to hear about all that. Um, And then the guys are going to post some random questions in the chat, uh, which we're most excited about. (laughs) Um, But I'll, I'll MC all those, so don't worry about having to manage the chat by any means. And then I'll throw my own question kind of guide the conversation for us. So without further ado, the floor is yours. We'll let you introduce yourself. All right, great. Well, hello, everybody. Um, I am obviously Courtney Brewington, and um, I'm originally from, so I always hate talking about myself because I know we all start off with the same stories, what you were doing before this and whatever. So bear with my story too. Um, I, yeah, I'm originally from <coughs> Pensacola. So that's like right there by Alabama. So I had a very heavy accent when I originally moved to Maryland with my mother when I was seven years old. I mean, I would say things like fixing a go. So I don't know if anybody still speaks that way, but it's, it was so I, um, I ended up, um, graduating from Salisbury. It's a small school in Maryland on, um, near the ocean. I was a marketing major. I minored in psychology. And if you guys watched my owner spotlight, you know, that I wanted to be uh, an advertising executive. So business was always my goal. And um, I just knew I wanted to live, you know, like a badass lifestyle. Now, unfortunately, the part that you don't know is that um, I thought that that meant I had to be kind of like dog eat dog. That was what I just figured in business. If you are going to excel, then you've got to kind of look out for yourself. And um, I think that (laughs) that's the underlying tone of my story. So this story is not the, oh, I got promoted in six months. I'm the average Joe Schmo. And, um, you know, the funny thing about these calls is that you'll hear all of the same advice and all of the same kind of principles, um, but it just took me a little bit longer to figure it out. So When I was, um, I mean, when I graduated from school, most companies wouldn't hire me because all I had was a bachelor's degree and no real experience. I worked at the Gap all throughout college. I was a student um, or an assistant teacher in an ESL uh, class for two years. My mother got me that job. She was an assistant principal at the time at an elementary school. But I knew that, you know, being a teacher, that wouldn't, you know, give me the kind of lifestyle that I wanted. Not for this age. My mother, sure, the generation before, I lived great on her teacher salary, but, you know, I just knew that, and I wouldn't be happy being a teacher for the rest of my life. So um, I got a call from Eric Chapman's company in Maryland, 
and I started in sales, obviously, like everyone else. And I didn't want to, <laughs> I did not want to do sales. I scoffed at the thought of sales because I just thought like, I'm too good for this. I was a marketing major, not sales. And that just really held me back. Certainly. Now, what's so funny is I was good at sales because, um, as you can see, I'm, you know, pretty personable, I guess. And um, I could take control and just all of those things that made most people uncomfortable. I was an only child. So everybody listened to me. Attention was always my thing. So that helped me in sales. But when it came to like building relationships with other people, I didn't go to team nights. I was like, I have my own friends. I was treating the business like a job because I just wanted to build my resume and then move on to something that I thought was going to be better. Um, two months in, someone got promoted to management. Uh, that someone was Melissa White. I was a brand new leader and I moved with her to Long Island. And um, so originally we did Verizon Business to Business and then Quill. And then um, you know I saw other people getting promoted and I was interested in it. I knew that it, the opportunity was real, but being an entrepreneur or a business owner was never my aspiration. I always knew that I wanted to run a department or be, you know, a high level executive, but having all of the ownership was um, kind of scary to me. So I was just doing my thing, making good money, paying my bills, hanging out with my boyfriend, and then occasionally doing whatever the team was doing. And, um, and then she opened another office in Portland, Oregon. And at this point, um, you know, I had been in the business like a year and um, I said, either now I have my resume, <laughs> I can say I've done sales, I've, you know, led some people, learned how to train, or I can actually move and um, see this thing through like I'm seeing other people get promoted. So I moved, um, spoiler alert, right? So I moved to Portland, Oregon, um, I got promoted and in that office, um, spawned a, a number of different people like um, Donnie Boyer, Will Lynham, Martin Chan, and a bunch of other people who got promoted. Um, all We were all leaders in the field together in, in um, Portland. So, um, you know, I, I think my whole mentality was just like, I'm better than everybody else, but not like in a direct mean way to them. I just didn't want to help people. Isn't that crazy? We're in a people helping people business, but that was again my mindset as far as business goes. I mean, I was the neg bomb when I was a, a new guy. I would like other new people would come back from the field and I would say, this is really hard, right? Because I wanted them to quit thinking that there's no way they really are going to promote all of us. <laughs> so I've got to get you out. So this was like you know, things I had to really learn about myself. But my point is, um, even though I wasn't, um, my, my goals weren't necessarily clear as far as like, you know, getting promoted to consultant or um, things like that, I was still doing all enough of the right things, which is so crazy, right? If you're doing at least enough of the right things, you'll at least get promoted to assistant management but what's so funny is um, I got promoted to assistant management first and then 
someone else got promoted to management before me. And that guy was Donnie Boyer, who definitely thought he was better than me, which he was at the time because he was putting in a hundred percent of the effort. It's kind of like, you know, the whole analogy with the Coke machine. You can't put in 99 cents thinking you're going to get 99% of the Coke. So um, that was a wake up call for me. And it, it needed to happen because this business is not based on seniority. So uh, I get promoted. I take over Oregon, that market. And um, so at this point, then I ran my business on Quill. Um, I switched to CenturyLink. I ended up moving back to um, Maryland and working with Eric Chapman. And um, I did Verizon um, Res. And then now I run my office on Verizon Retail Bios. So within all of that, I, I've done a few pilots, um, one of which that I'm super proud of um, was Verizon Wireless for residential customers. So it was the first campaign that ever sold cell phones to homes. And so I was one of three people who got that pilot going that um, AT&T, the liaison at the time, came to watch me in the field to see how we could um, make that work. And so I don't know if anybody's on the call who sells AT&T cell phones with, um, it's not direct TV anymore, whatever you guys do, you're welcome. I did that for you. So, <laughs> um, so yeah, I, I would just say over all of, uh, okay, I see you, Jeff, um, <laughs> throughout all of it, um, the, the biggest thing that I personally have learned is that, um, the scariest thing is to be able to get results without putting in um, all of the effort. And it's scary, not for you. Initially, it feels good, not for me at least, um, because it's like, yeah, I can, I, you know, once I finally do do all the things that they're telling me to do, then I'll blow up. But you get comfortable in this mode of being able to see results without giving it your all. And, um, and who wants to follow that person anyway? Because as soon as you get some results, I would take my foot off the gas and feel comfortable where I was. So um, don't do that. <laughs> Just push yourself because the time is going to pass anyway. So all you're doing is wasting the time that you have when um, you could just be on to the next thing already. So that's my story. I don't know if that was too much, too little. But I no, like it's it's perfect. And if I'm the one that connected, I was always that guy that was like, yeah, I'm too good for this. Yeah, I'm better than all of you, you know, and then I, I learned that that's probably not the best route to take. But I still have that competitive internal drive where it's like I have to be doing that much more than everybody else. And um, I think it's helped me in my career. And a lot of my guys are the same way. Um, they try and one up me all the time and one up each other and like not in a a, a negative way it's right. very friendly and it's like let's hold each other accountable raise each other's bars and get to the next level um and only when i made that switch was when really um donnie and i started working together in portland right because it, it you can't you don't get promoted alone that's for sure i mean it's a team sport and you you do everything in your power but the it's again it's a people helping people business so um yeah Friendly competition is the key. <laughs> I love it. And you mentioned, so we, I've met Donnie a handful of times. Um, he's hilarious. So is Melissa. Um, but uh, 
you guys all went through the field together and, and we've got a lot of guys on this call that are, are getting promoted together to leadership and are about to be promoted to leadership. We've got a couple of guys that are, are pushing for assistant management and there's a lot of big things happening. And the cool part for me is watching these guys do it together and, and kind of go through the, the gauntlet, if you will. And it's not really even a gauntlet, you know, it's just like, Hey, we're working on this massive goal with each other and it's cool to be doing it and be a part of it, you know? Yeah. Um, how did you feel when you guys really started to start to build and you were watching each other get promoted to the next level? And yeah, I mean, of course it's like, um, I would imagine, I mean, we're not all consultants yet, but it, when I see, you know, um, Michael sessions on stage promoting, um, oh crap, now I'm going to mess it up. <laughs> Andy Bruinger, right. And they're like, you know, Ken Lear, you're the next one. Like th that was their story, right? So I think it's just like LeBron James and all these guys who win the championships together. You talk about these things prior to. So when, you know, you're in the weight room, which is like the field, or, you know, you're doing these one-on-ones, you know, you're training, you're training together and you teach each other's people and you know some of my strengths were donnie's weaknesses and vice versa i mean um there were just multiple times where we definitely needed each other to promote that next person because it's a win for everyone um I, again before i i was thinking about it like my team versus their team and it is in a sense because you know of course you want to win but again you you can't win at a team sport without the rest of the team, right? But that doesn't mean that you can't be number one to your point, Nick, right? So like in gymnastics, I still want the gold medal, but I'm still helping the United States, right? So, um, you know, those, you have to give it your all, uh, but it doesn't hurt someone else when I give them tips on how to be better too. Like it's, you know, running your own race and focusing on what you're doing. Um, but my, um, the things that I'm doing well will only encourage other people because they see the results through me. So um, how did it feel? It felt great. <laughs> it felt great. And it's so crazy because this time that you spend in the field with each other, all of the team nights and the team nights after team nights <laughs> and the, um, you know, late nights of talking about where you're going and having drinks to, you know, whatever promotions or whatever these things are, they're the stories that we still talk about now, right? We're like twice removed from Portland, Oregon, but we still talk about those times. And, um, you know, you take the memories with you. So it felt good then. And it even feels better now because we know we did it together. So. Absolutely. And it's your, and it's your story, like you said, you know, so it's very, but it's not very done cool. yet, right? So then it will be when we're all on stage passing out million dollar checks. It's like, told you we was gonna be here, baby. <laughs> I love it. And I, I wouldn't want to do that without some of the people that I went through the field with. And these guys, I'm sure, are gonna feel the same way, and I'm sure you feel the same way. Um, and you mentioned something earlier. A lot of us start out with this being like, let's build my resume. Right. 
Um, I was that guy. I was like, okay, this is a temporary thing. I want to build my resume. This is great to have on your resume. Um, what switched for you? Obviously, you, it started out, you didn't want to be moving into entrepreneurship or ownership or anything like that, but what was the switch for you? Yeah, I would say, um, well, like I said, initially, I knew the opportunity was real because I was seeing other people get promoted before I was really paying attention or invested. Um, and then I, I would say that um, certainly getting out of my comfort zone, you know, moving the first time to Long Island wasn't that big of a move. I mean, it was like a two and a half hour drive. So I would still come home and, you know, things like that. But um, I think it was the, obviously the second time I moved, I switched because, you know, it was literally like closing my back doors. I'm not on the East Coast anymore. I won't have my same, you know, nail or hair lady. And my hair is important to me, <laughs> right? I'm moving to Portland. It's so funny too, because we would start reading fun facts about Oregon before we moved out there. And um, Melissa would put it in her morning meeting. And one fact was, uh, Portland is the whitest city in America. And we were like, oh, it must snow a lot there. It doesn't snow at all there. <laughs> so, so um, what, oh, the mindset. Yeah, my mindset changed. You know, I, I was going to Portland with the idea, there was only three of us who moved at that time. And, um, you know, they don't do that anymore. So don't worry, you won't get promoted with only three people but um so it was just like this whole office is going to be like um my shit so I'm sorry we're recording this right my bad so oh. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so it was like um all right so this this is your time right but again it, it didn't fully still click at that point because it was my time in my head and so it again it took someone else to be like an equal competitor like Donnie to push me to be better for my people, right? I, I you know, one of my um, values, I guess, that my mother's always instilled in me besides like, you know, pay your bills on time, save your money. But she would always say like, you know, you're, um, you can do it yourself, right? You don't need to depend on other people to do what you need to get done, which is, encouraging but really in our business it's kind of a complete contrast and so you know having that instilled in me I think a lot of times when I would see somebody didn't follow through I would just give up on them I'm like you didn't show up on time like how are you ever gonna be successful <laughs> so I think it was um learning that you know how am I um I have to be forgiving of others and forgiving of myself it doesn't matter, you know, what I did or didn't do before the time is now. And so um, Portland taught me a lot about, you know, just being a team player, um, being able to encourage people and um, yeah, just forgiving myself of the, these things that I thought um, I should already have. And I don't know if that's even answering your question, but Portland was the switch for me. And then again, as an owner, when I moved back to the East Coast, because funny enough, um, you know, I promoted some people and then that didn't plan, pan out the exact way that I thought it would. So I came back to Maryland 
on the East Coast thinking, oh yeah, it's West Coast people. Portland people are not as uh, <laughs> hardworking as East Coast people, <laughs> which is like insane because when I was in um, Oregon, I, I uh, spent a few days with Holly Clark in um, Idaho. And she was like the poster child for a badass woman running a business, right? And so any kind of miscon or not misconceptions, um, you know, notions of when doubt would trickle in or things that just didn't make any sense, there's always somebody else proving that, no, it's you. <laughs> so um, moving, moving back to Maryland, switching campaigns again, just helped me to really get my confidence back and say like, um, you know, literally you've done so many different things. Let's F and go, so. I forget. That. I love it. I love it. Does anybody know Holly Clark on this call? Just want to, we've got a couple of her guys on here. Nice. Um, okay. Yeah. <laughs> you guys are in the Cunliffe org, right? Yep. You got it. Yeah. Um, well, very cool. So I think just in my personal opinion, I think the fact that it's a business where we're people helping people business. Um, and I'm interested to see how you feel about this, but um, what's amazing to me is we always get the right, well, for the most part, always get the right people promoted to management. Yes. Right. Yes. So any manager I have ever met throughout all of my career, whether I was entry level or now in, in management and then moving up, I can reach out to just about anybody and, and help them out. And then they reach out to me and I help them out in any way that we can. You know, we almost will do just about anything for each other. And I don't think there's many industries like that. No. A lot of industries are very cutthroat and it's seniority and you got to wait 60 years for somebody to retire or die, which is super depressing to think about um, for you to have any opportunity to advance. And then you just apply for that opportunity and you might get it. You know, I've watched my father do that all his life. It's like reaching for the next role and then he's competing against 10 other people that applied for whatever position it is you know yeah. um do you feel like we like that instills the right things in all the managers that we promote within the company yeah that's a really great question um you know i think that because this was the first thing in my life that i had never quit like literally, I, I was a quitter. I'm telling you, this story is not the, <laughs> you know, I've always been the best. That was not my story. I quit volleyball, quit mock trial, quit relationships. <laughs> I just never wanted to be hurt. So I'm like out, right? So um, what I find is that, you know, the business promotes the right people when you're doing the right things, right? So you might be the right person. But you have to be able to, um, again, put all of the pieces together. Even if you're doing the right things in a lot of other industries, like Nick, you're saying, okay, the company wants to keep you exactly where you are because now you're benefiting them more. So why would they pay you more just because you've worked here longer or promote you if this other guy is already in that position? I mean, I have friends um, air traffic controller, nurses, teachers. I mean, it doesn't matter the industry. There's always someone who's usually holding, you know, you back. And so um, I think what you have to remember is 
even when um, you might not be seeing the results that you want, because you know maybe your um, your goal is I want to be promoted to assistant management or management by my birthday. If that's your goal, stop saying that. Your birthday means nothing to your, your promotion. But um, it if you just focus on the right things and doing them long enough, and then teaching other people how to do the same thing as you, you'll get everything that you want. That's it. And the business is so pure that it doesn't matter what you look like, what your background is, you know, what anything, it just is based on, are you getting results and are you teaching other people how to do the same thing while having a good time? I mean, we freaking play games every morning. We like, I mean, the R&Rs I've been to, I've been to so many different states on business trips, on conferences. I mean, it's like unreal. Even just in my personal life, I took a trip to France from the money I've bonused myself from, you know, running an office. And your question was, is it like fair? Yes. <laughs> yes, it's fair. Do the right shit and you'll get the right shit. That's it. I love that you said too that you can be the right person, but you're not doing the right things yet. That's like the epitome of my story growing up in the business, if you will. Like before I st started to realize I, I thought I was going at 100% and then I realized that the, I was really at like 72 and there was almost 30% of stuff I was missing. So um, do you have any mantras or quotes that you remind yourself of when yeah. you need it, you know? Yeah, I mean, there's a few and um, uh, the, the one that I loved the most um, when I was in leadership um, was uh, it's Henry Ford, uh, whether you think you can or you think you can't, you're right, because, you know, it really just supports perception as reality. So however you view something, you are absolutely right. Um, but what I have a passion planner before growing up in the businesses was always the Covey. Covey's cool, but the passion planner speaks to, you know, the, the gooey gooeyness inside of me, <laughs> the part that I've tried to cover up for so long. And it's so funny that you said this because just this week, um, so the whole point is in the passion planner, it gives you a quote every single week and something to kind of um, meditate on, if you will. If you're not into meditation, you know, pray, whatever you would call it, give yourself some time to think on something good. And just this week, when I'm running this call, it was strive for progress and not perfection. And it has like a long little blurb, but the, the part that I really loved and um, I've been like even saying to myself or even to other people have, as I've been doing more one-on-ones this week, you are allowed to be both a masterpiece and a work in progress at the same time. I think that's so like the definition of our business because you know, even whatever your long-term goals are, you know, even senior national consultant isn't really like the goal. It's just the, the milestone amongst living a badass lifestyle, right? And so even then you're still working on yourself. So even when you're getting, you know, these things that make you feel good, great, but you still got to push yourself. I remember Ed Cunliffe saying once at a conference, like, you know, he was already a senior national consultant, already doing well, but as soon as he kind of just, I guess, 
took his foot off the gas, even as a senior national consultant, he had to kind of like slap himself and go, let's get back to work. He ended up like losing weight and all these things, you know? So um, you can be a masterpiece, but still be a work in progress. So that's the most recent one that I picked up. I absolutely love that. And then speaking on Ed, we're, we're out of time. So we'll wrap this up here. But um, that was the reason why, you know, how every senior national consultants gifted a Rolex watch mm -hmm. and all that stuff, right? That was the reason why when I started, he had a tan line where a watch should be, <laughs> right? And I had asked him about it. And um, he said, I took it off because it reminds me every time I look at my wrist that I should be doing something instead of letting time fly by. And I did like, that was the first impression I got from Ed and it was really, really cool. So that's interesting that you brought that up. That's awesome. And I'm sure it was funny because of his accent. So it was even cooler. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Anything that man says, I'll listen to it for days. Um, he's hilarious too. I can't wait for all these guys to get to know him a little bit better, but Courtney, thank you so, so much for your time this morning. Really, really appreciate it. I'm sure these guys got as much out of it. If not, I got a ton out of it. So I really, again, appreciate your time and uh, I hope uh, we can do something for you in the near future. Reach out to us. We're happy to do anything. So thank you again. Thank All right, you guys. guys. You, yeah, you know the drill. The mug is empty. We'll catch you guys later. <laughs> Bye.